Arkansas Governor Asa Hutchinson had just told NBC like this week that abortion is clearly having a moment, but it's going to settle. And he doesn't see abortion as an issue that's going to hurt Republicans long term. And I'm like, what? Like, read the room. <laughs> And welcome to the Politics Girl podcast. I'm your host, Lee McGowan. Let's get into it. The issue of abortion has always been a hot button topic in our country, but never more so than since last year when the 40 year legal precedent of a woman's right to choose was overturned by the far right Supreme Court. Since then, after witnessing a fundamental human right being stripped from them, women and their allies around the country have mobilized, understanding that our basic freedoms are at stake. But this isn't just about bodily autonomy or the lives of pregnant people. It's about human rights. People need to understand that once a government starts stripping its citizens of their rights, no one is safe. So today we're going to talk with LaFonza Butler, the president of EMILY's List, the powerful and influential political action committee dedicated to electing pro-choice women into office. Never has the role of this organization been more essential. Together with groups like Planned Parenthood, NARAL, and the Center for Reproductive Rights, EMILY's List is on the front line in the fight for abortion care. But EMILY's List, unlike the others, is primarily a political organization. Their job is to make sure we put leaders into office who believe in our fundamental right to make decisions over our own bodies. Before being tapped to run EMILY's List in 2021, taking the helm of the storied organization at the height of the abortion rights crisis, LaFonza had already had a long and impressive career. At only 30 years old, LaFonza was elected president of the biggest union in California and the nation's largest home care workers union. She spent 10 years as a leading voice in America's labor movement, leading the campaign for California's $15 minimum wage, which was the first in the nation, and equal pay for women in home care. LaFonza was a partner at SCRB Strategies, a political consulting firm where she was a strategist for candidates running up and down the ballot. And she served as a senior advisor to Vice President Kamala Harris's presidential campaign. After being chosen to run EMILY's List, LaFonza was quoted saying, As someone who spent her entire career empowering women, I'm excited to continue that work as a leader of an organization that has changed the face of American politics. I'm having LaFonza on today to talk about where we go from here. So without further ado, please welcome my guest, powerhouse president of EMILY's List, the largest resource for women in politics, LaFonza Butler. Welcome back, LaFonza. Thanks so much for having me. Glad to be back with the audience of Politics Girl. Oh, well, I'm so glad you're back. I mean, the last time I had you on, it was the day Roe v. Wade was officially overturned. And I was so glad to speak with you then because I was in such a state. At the time, I told you it wasn't sadness I was feeling, but rage. And I just felt absolutely infuriated by the injustice that had been forced upon American women. And a year later, I can tell you I am just as fired up. Every day, women's fundamental human freedoms are being stripped from us around the country. Every day, we hear about some new lawsuit, some new tragedy, some new pregnancy horror story. The unnecessary pain and suffering brought about by these backward, archaic laws forced upon us by these Republican lawmakers who believe they know better than doctors and scientists and social workers and, quite frankly, pregnant people themselves. So how are you feeling these days? Where's your head at as we look around the country at what's going on? You know, look, I am in a, a similar place. Uh, it is uh, a place of absolute outrage. Um, it is a place, I mean, I just last night I was listening to what was happening in North Dakota. 
uh, another six-week ban, another um, clear ignoring uh, of the ability for women to make decisions about their own bodies. People barely even know that they're pregnant at six weeks. Uh, yet here is yet another government uh, entity telling women who and who should not be able to make decisions about their own bodies and ins inserting themselves into our doctor's offices. And so it is, I, I meet everyone at the place of outrage. I think there's so much for us to do uh, in, in this moment to help each other through what feels like body blow after body blow of state legislatures and, and uh, state Supreme Courts and U.S. Supreme Courts and circuit court decisions, who all, none of whom are um, majority, uh, those decisions are being made by majority women, uh, none of whom have experienced what it's like to have to make one of the most dif difficult decisions in a person's life, none of whom are listening to the will of the majority of the American people. And so, look, to me, we can be outraged, uh, we can be disgusted, but we cannot lose sight of the opportunity that is uh, our vote, our voice, uh, and our community. And that's what we've got to do to make sure that we're holding everyone accountable who rejects who rejects our will and who doesn't listen to our voice. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think that's exactly right. And I also think that you... You mentioned majority will. I, I honestly think the Republicans are not reading the room. I feel like they are so out of touch with the people in some way that they truly yeah. believed our outrage over having our, you know, our rights stripped from us would somehow wane. My outrage has not waned. You know what I yeah. mean? I Mitch yeah. McConnell said he was expecting voters' interest would ultimately go elsewhere. Ron Johnson said that abortion wasn't going to be a major political issue. Former Arkansas Governor Asa Hutchinson, who might run for president, had just told NBC like this week that abortion is clearly having a moment, but it's going to settle and he doesn't see abortion as an issue that's going to hurt Republicans long term. And I'm like, what? Like, read the room. <laughs> I mean, what do you say to that? Because it's just it's it's not changing for me. I think they thought we couldn't sustain this feeling of injustice and it is sustainable. Look, I, I not only are they not reading the room, not only are they not listening to the majority of the American people, they clearly are um, immune to losing. Um, because they <laughs> lost in Kansas, they lost in Kentucky, they lost in Montana, they lost in Michigan, everywhere that voters have gotten an opportunity. There was no red wave uh, in the midterms. Voters have made it very clear that they want to stand with both elected officials and governments who respect their ability to make their own choice. So maybe they just don't care about losing uh, and the only thing that they care about is being able to have power and control in the states where they are the majority. Maybe that's what they want. But I know that's not what the majority of the American people want. And to me, like, that's the thing that, that keeps me going, honestly, that I know that there are women and families, people all over this country, the healthcare providers um, that want to make sure that people are educated about the choices that they have um, are working their tails off to ensure that folks have the right to make decisions about their own bodies. And so uh, I, I won't, they are relying on us, I think, getting distracted by all the other things, uh, all the other bells and whistles that they want to put in front of us. But the message has to be clear and consistent that we're not going to get distracted, that nothing is going to dissipate our anger about someone who wants to 
take away our freedoms uh, and that we want more, honestly, more freedom, not less um, freedom to make decisions about our own bodies, freedom to have clean air and clean water, freedom to earn a livable wage and send our kids to college without hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt. And, and to me, that is the message that the American people are, are sending. And Republicans can choose to listen uh, if they want, but if they choose to continue to ignore, they do it at their own peril. They do it at their own peril, for sure. I mean, it's not just the election results that are making it quite obvious. I mean, Democrats said from the beginning that the ruling against Roe would spark backlash from voters. But the GOP didn't take it seriously. But you can see, like you said, from all the recent election results, including the midterms, but also the Wisconsin Supreme Court election, that they really should have been paying attention. But it's not just election results. I mean, the polls, not that I trust polls, I don't care about polls, but the polls are basically saying that six in 10 adults think abortion should be completely legal. 38% say it should be legal at all times with no exceptions. 20% say some exceptions, but legal right across the board. There's only 6% of people in America who believe it should be illegal without any exceptions. And it seems like that's the 6% the Republican Party is catering to and doubling down on. And I think we should also note that that same poll asked people to write the importance of abortion as as an issue itself on a scale of one to 10. And 61% of the people polled gave it an eight or higher, and 43% ranked it as a 10. And I think the thing is, it's not just about abortion. It's what you said. It's about freedom, the freedom to make decisions over your own body, the freedom to go to a movie theater or a grocery store or a school and not think you're going to die there, the freedom to go and get a better education and and grow your life. These are all freedoms that the Democrats are fighting for and the Republicans are fighting against. And people need to make their decisions with an open head and an open heart and an open mind and say, I think I'm for freedom. And that puts me squarely in one political camp right now. It does. And that's, um, I think that's just, that's where the Republicans have drawn themselves into a circle to your point around, you know, not reading the room. They have drawn such a small circle uh, and (laughs) and are trying to fit millions of people into a tiny circle, into a tiny box. Um, That's the beauty of of this country. You, You, we talk to people all over the place and it's not just about, to your point, the polls, but just in a regular conversation, if you took the time to talk to just a person on the street and, and talk to them about their lives and their freedoms and what's important to them, it, these stories are more than just statistics. These stories are, are windows into people's lives and what they want to achieve and what the dreams and hopes that they have for, for their children and to be able to make a decision about your own body about your own body, about whether or not and when and how you want to have a family or expand your family are essential discussions for families to be able to thrive and to to grow. And so, yeah, it's not about just about polls. It's not just about uh, partisanship. It does have to be, though, about about that, that the thing that we say that our democracy stands for. And, and that's freedom. And I think what we have seen in election after election is that not only are voters who identify as Democrats voting in support of candidates who, uh, who stand with the will of the majority of the American people, but also moderate Republicans and independents. Look at what happened in Kansas, for goodness sake, in Kentucky, for goodness sake, in Montana. Um, it is clear that that this is an issue that is uh, squarely about people, 
squarely about a set of values and whether or not you or I believe or would make the choice to have an abortion. What the American people are saying is that government should not that women are able to make these decisions with the consultation of their doctors, their family and whomever without having, you know, frankly, Ted Cruz in their doctor's office. Uh, and, and that to me is, is the clearest point that could be sent. And we happen to have the data to back that up. Absolutely. I mean, Lindsey Graham was just on television, just <laughs> doubling down on every lie yeah. you've ever heard about abortion from the beginning of time. You know, he started off saying that this was a state's rights issue, which we heard over and over again. We're just returning the power to the states. And then a month after he said that, he proposed a national 15-week abortion ban. And now he's on television just spewing lies about abortion, claiming things like we want abortion up till birth, you know, that we're all for barbaric late-term abortions out of line with the rest of the civilized world, that we're out here covering up things with taxpayer dollars and we're baby murder. And I thought, sir, are you not seeing the reality of how this really goes. And this is exactly the reason why politicians shouldn't have any business in these doctor's rooms with us, because you obviously don't even understand how it works. Any, anybody who's been in that late term abortion situation, that is an absolute tragedy. And for Lindsay to sort of make it a mockery of it, like we are heartless people making these gross decisions, it just ex- it just shows again and again that they do not know how this even works, nor should they have any place in making decisions about it. Now, I'm sure you feel like that every day, doing what you do, but what every you do is- Every single day. Not, a- <laughs> not only does it, do they not know, I don't, you know, I, I wonder, I start to wonder if they even care. Um, you look at what happened in, in Florida. Look, look, just last year, Ron DeSantis was signed a 15 week ban. And then, you know, just sort of magically as, you know, he is preparing to potentially run for president uh, from the Republican party, he's now passing a six week ban. And you, you can tell from, from Florida to North Dakota, to from, from Lindsey Graham, uh, to Ron DeSantis, to Greg Abbott, it is a race to the bottom. Who can, who can take the most control away from the most women, the fastest. That is, I think what people need to see through all of this rhetoric and performance. Look at their record. Look at their words. Look at what they're doing. They're, it, this is absolutely about a national abortion ban, and ultimately it is about power and control. And I think that the American people are clear that they are going to maintain the power and control of their bodies and their doctor's offices, and we're going to fight in whatever venue we have to, be it in the courts, be it in the states, be it at the federal level. We're going to fight at whatever level we have to because our bodies are our own and, our, and the future generations to come deserve to be more free, not less. And, and I think that's the message that we have to continue to send and with, with our voice uh, and our vote. And I think we have to remember that that fight is moving to the center of every election, right? It is going to be in the center of the 2024 campaign. It was the dominant issue in the 2022 midterms, despite the fact that the Republicans were running away from it or hedging on the issue. Democrats at every level are running with strong support for abortion rights, making it a justifiable pillar of their campaigns and contrasting themselves to their opponents who just keep taking more and more extreme positions. Now, I see this as a major winning issue. It appears that it is a major winning issue. What do you think about this moving forward from an election perspective? 
Look, from an election perspective, you know, at Emily's List, where we work to support Democratic pro-choice women and do the work to help pro-choice uh, candidates uh, engage on the issues that are important to women who are, who are critical to winning. As voters, my sense and the evidence, I think, suggests that there is, this is going to continue to be a central issue in campaigns. We're going to continue to do the work to make sure voters know which candidates stand with the majority of, of people and which candidates don't. We saw during the midterms, so many Republican candidates like Blake Masters in Arizona was trying to scrub his website, if you remember, from anything that he might have said about about abortion. They were trying to hide and distort their the facts about what, what they had done, what they had said, uh, and what position they have. And to me, that is the biggest key that we know that gives us insight that we know that this is an issue that they are prepared, that they are losing on and that they'll do anything to make sure that people don't know um, where, where they stand. So I think I mean, we all saw president Biden's video launch video. One of the first thing issues that came up in why he was running again to be the next president of the United States and running for reelection was to make sure that he and Vice President Kamala Harris were in the White House to be able to stand uh, as a safeguard, to utilize their platform to lift up the voices of women all across this country, and to make sure that this would continue to be a democracy where women could make this decisions about their own bodies. And giving them a, a majority in the House and keeping the majority in the Senate gives us a pathway to restoring Roe and the protections guaranteed. And any other way, we're going to be in this fight state after state and our health care choices are going to be determined by our zip code. We have passed that point in our country and the Republicans just want to take us back. Uh, and we've got to be clear to send a message that we're not going back, that this is going to be central to every election, not just this one in front of us in 23 and 24, but in every election moving forward, because I don't think people are going to compromise on their rights. And I think that they're going to continue to vote for the candidate that stands with them and represents their values on this issue. But why should they compromise on their rights? I mean, why should they? It's become right. quite clear that Republicans want to take us back, like you said, back yeah. to a time when certain people were in charge and the rest of us knew our place. I mean, you'd think yeah. they would be ashamed trying to force us to live under laws from the 17 and 1800s, but they're yeah. not. They're embracing it. And the truth is, no matter how extreme and archaic their laws are, most Americans do not want to go backwards. So we have yeah. to make sure there's an alternative to that at the ballot box. We take a moment from talking to a powerful woman about what we can do to empower women to thank our sponsor who makes products for women. I first heard about Thrive Cosmetics on social media. Everyone was using it. Their waterproof eyeliner, their brilliant eye brightener. But it wasn't until they started sponsoring this show that I had the opportunity to try their products. And I can say in all honesty, I've become completely devoted to their Liquid Lash Extension Mascara. There's a reason this product has over 25,000 five-star reviews. The Liquid Lash Extension Mascara is a tubing formula, which means it wraps around each lash as you apply it, which allows it to last all day without clumping or smudging or flaking. Without tubing mascara, I always end up looking like Tammy Faye Baker halfway through the day, and that's not a look I'm going for. And then, for an added bonus, when you go to remove it, it just slides off with warm water. You don't even need soap, let alone makeup remover. This is the best-selling Thrive Cosmetic product for a reason. And as someone who takes their mascara incredibly seriously, I can tell you it lives up to the hype. It's also 100% vegan and cruelty-free, made with clean, skin-loving ingredients. No parabens, sulfates, or phthalates. 
And Thrive Cosmetics is a company with a mission. Their Bigger Than Beauty promise supports organizations that help communities thrive. The word cause is in their name for a reason. With every purchase, the company supports organizations that help others thrive. Everything from battling domestic abuse and homelessness to cancer. Recently, Thrive announced a $100,000 donation to the University of Louisville for a memorial scholarship in nursing to honor the life and legacy of Breonna Taylor. The first recipient plans to use her degree to work in pediatric care. So this isn't just about making or buying a product. It's about making a product that understands the importance of giving back. So try Thrive Cosmetics for yourself or buy it for someone you love. Right now, you can get an exclusive 15% off your first order when you visit thrivecosmetics.com slash politicsgirl. That's Thrive Cosmetics, spelled C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash politicsgirl for 15% off your first order. Now, back to someone else making a difference, LaFonza Butler. A few days after Janet Protosiewicz won in Wisconsin for the Supreme Court, which was an absolute win for reproductive rights since the women in Wisconsin are currently living under an abortion law from 1849, and she's going to be able to help overturn that. A conservative judge in Texas took that extraordinary step of invalidating an FDA-approved abortion pill that had been around for 23 freaking years, right? And he was like, nope, now we can't have that anymore. So I think we know that if we continue to allow this group of people to be in power, we're rolling back the clock over and over and over again. Now, that law that was turned back, that took Mifepristone off the, um, the market for the entirety of America, by the way, also had a ruling that it couldn't be sent through the mail, which was based on a 150-year-old act that hadn't been used since the 30s. And uh, Amy Klobuchar said it really well. She was like, uh, when we couldn't send things through the mail, the last time this was used, we had the Pony Express. Like doctors were treating <laughs> yeah. pneumonia with bloodletting. So these people are clearly not keeping up with the times. They don't want to move us forward. They want to move us back. Now, we should feel happy that the Supreme Court ruled that Mifepristone will remain widely available in America. But as that appeal moves forward, none of this is guaranteed unless we put the right people in office to, as you said, act as a stalwart and a block to our rights, but also to change the rights so we codify these things into law. So what's your take on this Supreme Court case and the Mifepristone situation? Look, I think it never should have been a case that proceeded through the courts, let alone get accepted by the Supreme Court. To your point, I'm glad that the stay was issued and, and it was sent back to be appealed. But the people, the group of doctors who brought the case the, their standing has been highly in question. I'm not a lawyer. I don't even pretend to be one on, on television. But when you say that you're a doctor and you, you're, the justification for your lawsuit is a bunch of suppositions and maybes and possiblys, to me, that is not the, the strongest representation of the legal system of this country. And so I think that it's a case that should not have been brought. It is based on you know, deeply flawed science, let's be generous and call it that. And it is rejecting 20 years of effective treatment for women and people across this country uh, at, that has proven both effective and safe. And and so I, I just don't, I think what it, what it causes ultimately is a deterioration and a lack of trust in our judicial system. And when you see what happens in governments that go down this road around the world, the degradation of 
the trust of the people in its legislative representation, the degradation of the trust of the people in its judiciary, the degradation of the, of the trust of the people in its voting system. This is a very dangerous path that I believe that Republican extremists are trying to walk this country down. And the most important thing for me in terms of making sure that Endless List remains a vibrant part of the coalition that is doing absolutely everything to protect reproductive access and that we are working to make sure that we are preserving our democracy and the vibrance of our democracy all along the way. The two things have to go together. You can't be truly free if you don't have freedom to make decisions about your own body. And it is a dangerous place, an absolute dangerous place that, that these MAGA extremists want to take this country down. And you know we're, we're just not going to let it happen. Yeah. If we start questioning every part of what holds our country together, if we start questioning yeah. the rule of law and we start questioning our judiciary and we start questioning our election systems, which is what we have been asked to do by this current Republican Party, it yeah. it it breaks up the foundations of what we've actually built our country on. And it doesn't allow us to grow or build any further because it makes everything shaky. I mean, I don't think the Supreme Court is done with abortion at any right. This will not be the last far right activist judgment that comes before them. The Dobbs ruling left a lot of things up in the air and they're ultimately all going to make their way to the Supreme Court. But this particular case was shaky at best. And even Republican Congresswoman Nancy Mace, and I am not a yeah. big fan of Nancy Mace. I worked to get her opponent elected. I absolutely love Dr. Annie Andrews. But even Nancy Mace said this was a handpicked case with a handpicked judge to get a handpicked outcome, basically. Yeah. And that's exactly what they got. And that makes us all question the judiciary in general. And we can't have that because it doesn't function for our country. I mean, after the ruling, you personally commented, while Mifepristone remains available for the time being, the freedom to make decisions about our bodies, our lives, our futures will still be up for debate thanks to GOP lawmakers and conservative judges that have been put in place. You said we need to collect more lawmakers who will protect our freedom, not fight to end it. And then you urged everyone to vote like your rights depended on it, because as we keep seeing, they really do. They do. Look, it, it is it is a it is an issue, uh, frankly, and a, and a challenge to to all of us that I take so deeply personal. I said to you, I think on our on the last time we were together about my I told you a little story about my eight year old daughter when the when the judgment was made public uh, and realizing um, and feeling and sitting with the knowledge that she was going to come home less free than when I dropped her off for summer camp that morning. And, you know, for the first time, I, I am less free than my mother. Uh, who's about to be 70 years old. And this country is supposed to always be about turning over to the next generation a, a state of living that is better than than when we found it. And, and it feels like we have abdic we are abdicating our responsibility. And this, this MAGA Republican Party uh, is no longer concerned about the kind of country we're turning over to future generations, but only about robbing and stealing and pilfering what is available to them now and what they can, what all power and control they can squeeze out of it now and what all profits they can move in this moment now. And I just am dedicated to making sure, and I know there's so many people across this country and, and that watch your podcast and, and, and listen to you every single day who are just as committed to future generations as this country has always been. 
And this is just another opportunity for us to continue that fight and continue that responsibility to ensure that our children and future generations um, have more opportunity, have more freedom uh, and can pursue their dreams and live their lives fully. Yeah, we founded this country on the dreams of the Enlightenment, on the ideals yeah. of a, pro a progressive nation, of doing better than what we did before. We can't be regressive about it now. We don't want to go backwards now. I mean, the next election we have coming up is an election in Virginia in November. Now, yep. you have endorsed 16 women for the Virginia State Legislature. We need to get as many of them elected as possible to stop the Republicans from getting a trifecta of power in that state. Because if we do, Virginia will go the way of Texas and Florida and North Dakota with their very extreme laws. So what can we do? What can we do right now to help you, especially with that election? Yeah, no, it's a great, great question. Um, and, you know, look, Virginia needs all the help that it can that it can get. And particularly the women in Virginia, as you know, Virginia is still breaking its own glass ceilings, having just sent its first black woman ever in the history of the Commonwealth to Congress with the election of Jennifer McClellan. Uh, and and it is it is something definitely to be uh, proud of. But my goodness, it is the 2023 uh, it is 2023, and uh, the Virginia legislature is up after redistricting in the state, and there is so much to be done to maintain the majorities that are there blocking what we know will be um, extreme anti-abortion, anti-freedom legislation that will come out of Governor Yunkin's office and, and leadership and legislature if we're not paying attention. So what can you do? If you are a Democrat, Democratic pro-choice woman who is looking to run for office, reach out to Emily's List. If you are not a Democratic pro-choice woman and you are an ally, a man who knows that government works best when it is truly represented, make sure that you are supporting Democratic pro-choice women who are running for office. Emily's List is the largest political resource for Democratic pro-choice women across the country and has been that for 38 years. I think that we have earned the trust of people who give to us to support our candidates and to support our work, to ask that everyone who's watching go to emilyslist.org and give to Emily's List. Help us continue to do this work and fight this important fight because it truly is the fight of a lifetime. And if while you're on the website giving to Emily's List, look at the candidates that we've endorsed. They need your help. We can help them within the bounds of what is legal for us to do. And they need your help running and staffing their campaigns. And so give to those, the candidates who you feel like match your values. I think that every MLS list endorsed woman is a person who is prepared to fight for her district and to fight for this country and to move our country forward. And so give to those candidates that you see on that website while you're giving to Emily's list. All of your help will be so greatly appreciated and so important to this organization, the work that we do and the mission that we champion. And so we'd be very grateful. Well, I want to thank you so much for joining us today, LaFonza. I mean, Emily's List has made sure that women have a seat at the table for almost 40 years. And I feel like it's never been more important than it is now for women to have a voice and a leading role in who is running our government. So before you go, what do you have to say to people who might be feeling defeated or scared or not sure what to do as all of this unfolds around us? Do you have any sort of parting words that can fire us up? 
no yeah, pressure. You know, I, <laughs> I, I think about, I think about this often because the times are truly challenging. You know, you could easily read your newspaper or turn on your television and get so deep in despair that you throw up your hands and want to quit. And so my parting message to everyone listening and watching would be simply to believe that you are in the right place, to know that it is the right time and be convinced that you are doing the right thing. No matter where you are, from Idaho to North Dakota, to from California to New York and everywhere in between, there is not a person in your community who does not deserve to be free. And so you definitely are in the right place. Don't get turned uh, away because you feel like you may be just living in a red district and there's nothing you can do. There's always something that you can do. Know that this is the right time because everything is at stake. Everything is at stake in this moment. This time is the only time that we have to get it right for our children, for our grandchildren. This is the only time we have to make a difference. And before you get deterred, just know that you're doing the right thing. Our neighbors who don't have as much time as some of us might may not be able to go to every rally, but you can surely get them to sign a petition. And that is the right thing. Some of us have three jobs to work to be able to put a roof over our head and put our kids through school, but they, they are counting on you to be able to go to the local community meeting and voice their opinion, their concerns, their dreams, their hopes, because you guys have talked about them on the weekend over your gate. So knowing that you are in the right place at the right time and that everything that you do to make this country better, stronger, and more free is right, that's what will propel us forward. That's what will keep us all going. That is what gives the next generation the opportunity to take their turn at ensuring justice and democracy prevails and continues in this country. Right now, it's our turn. And I'm excited to be taking my turn with all of you. So am I. I'm excited to be taking my turn. We got to do it for those next generations. They need to come up and have better than we ever did. Now, I know you're off to the rally for reproductive freedom with Vice President Harris tonight at Howard University. Indeed. I hope you will give a big handshake and high five to her and to Minnie Tamaraju and Alexis McGill-Johnson and all these powerhouse women that you're meeting to rally behind this cause because those of us who believe in human rights are behind you and we wish you nothing but success. The wind at my back. Thank you so very much. So that was LaFonza Butler reminding us that no matter how discouraged we feel, we need to know that we are in the right place at the right time doing the right thing. That every single one of us has the power to fight back and to refuse to be jammed into the Republicans' time machine. Watching our fellow citizens have their rights stripped from them should be a wake-up call to anyone who hasn't been paying attention to politics or to anyone who thought there was some line that the government wouldn't cross. We protect our rights now or we lose them forever. The majority of the country wants to live in a nation of freedom where our rights are respected. So we have to work and vote for leaders who will support that vision. I want to thank LaFonza for joining us today and you for caring enough about democracy to be here. Now pick a Democratic candidate in Virginia and get them elected. Until next week, PGF. The Politics Girl podcast is written and performed by me, Lee McGowan, in partnership with the Midas Media Network and produced and edited by Happy Warrior Entertainment. All rights reserved.